Welcome to Diverse, the podcast of the Society of Women Engineers. SWE supports the advancement of women in engineering and technology. You can find all of our podcasts on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and SWE's blog all together at altogether.swe.org. Looking for more information and data on women in engineering? Head over to research.swe.org and review the groundbreaking research that SWE has been conducting. SWE's research efforts include reporting on women of color in engineering and how community colleges may play a role in getting more women to graduate with engineering degrees. You can also check out the annual SWE Literature Review in SWE Magazine's State of Women in Engineering issue. Hi, I'm Heather Doty, FY21 President of the Society of Women Engineers. Welcome to SWE's Diverse Podcast Series. Please remember to add this podcast to your iTunes and like or follow us on social media. Visit SWE.org for more details. I'm joined today by Amanda French, co-founder and CEO of EMI, a healthcare technology company focused on women's health. EMI recently launched the first smart case for birth control to help pill users better manage their health and never miss a pill again. Amanda is a mechanical engineer with over a decade of experience bringing innovative femtech products to the market. Her research and development background in medical devices makes her an expert in the industry. Thanks for joining us today, Amanda. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Can you, just to start off, can you tell us what initially sparked or inspired your interest in STEM? Absolutely. So I have always loved math and science. Starting as a little girl, I remember growing up always being excited to learn learn more about math and was always asking my parents and teachers to challenge me with harder problems. And at the same time, I was, I've always been somebody who really loves learning about people and relationships and how can I help make people's lives better. And because of that, for a while, I, I had a strong interest in medicine and the healthcare industry. For a while, I thought I might be interested in being a doctor when I grew up. Um, and I remember asking parents, friends of my parents, just, you know, what's the field of medicine where I get to do math all day? And they kind of laughed at me and said, doctors aren't necessarily doing math all day. They're certainly solving hard problems and taking care of people. But maybe you should take a look at engineering. And engineering wasn't something that I'd really heard of until high school, which I think is an important opportunity as we think about educating the next generation of girls just to broaden the awareness earlier in life. But as soon as I learned what engineering was, I knew that it was a field that I was going to love to be a part of because it combines my creative background. I love dance and theater and making new things with that desire that I had to change people's lives through math and science. Um, and that was what really made it clear to me that mechanical engineering and engineering in general was going to be a great field for my career. Absolutely. And you've touched on a lot of things that SWE members are passionate about, getting girls interested in the field, telling people about it earlier. And mm -hmm. there is definitely that arts connection. I myself have a music degree, so I, I, I get you. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I find a lot, of, a lot of engineers that I speak with have that creative passion. And it's, um, it's a really cool way to bring two worlds together. Absolutely. And I think, unfortunately, there's the stereotype that engineers are, are boring or aren't creative, and that couldn't be farther from the truth in my experience. So, Right. I found the same. I found at first, I grew up doing, um, just loving ballet and dance. My mom is actually a ballet teacher. 
And I remember when I entered the industry, a lot of my colleagues almost seemed perplexed, like, oh my gosh, that's so rare to have a ballerina running these engineering tests. But I find the more I meet people, it's not so rare. And I think it's just that stereotype that had been created of what an engineer looks like is so far from the truth. And yeah, so many of us are creatives who are applying that passion to math and science. Absolutely. So your work as an entrepreneur is rooted in femtech funding. So can you tell us what is femtech and why does the distinction matter? Yes, absolutely. So really at the broadest definition, femtech refers to technology for women, technology and women's health. It's classically thought of as a more specific industry related to fertility, ovulation, period tracking, menopause. But when I think of femtech, I actually think of it a little more broadly as just technology for the health of women overall. And this is very important because we know that anatomically and in terms of medicine, there are a lot of differences between the needs of men and women. My career actually started in cardiology, and it's well known that For example, the symptoms of a heart attack are different for men and women, and yet physicians have been classically trained to recognize the symptoms that are more common for men. And so that's why femtech really is so important, and the designation is critical because there are major differences between the needs and wants of women when it comes to the healthcare system. And I think by giving it a specific label, we're really able to designate that this is a huge opportunity with specific needs that are different from what has perhaps been developed in the past. And that was certainly the opportunity that I saw with Emmy was to build a health technology company that really puts the needs of women and women's health at the forefront. That's fantastic. One of the first products you helped develop was recognized directly by Hillary Clinton and won USAID's Saving Lives at Birth Grand Challenge. What was this innovation and where did your inspiration or motivation come from? This innovation was actually one that was so early in my career. It was something that I helped develop when I was still a student, when I was a mechanical engineer at Duke University. And the innovation itself is called the Pratt Pouch. It was a product that I helped develop at Dr. Malkin's lab for developing world healthcare technology And the specific problem that we were addressing was access to antiretrovirals for new moms. And this this technology that we developed made it very easy to distribute antiretrovirals in what was essentially like a ketchup packet, a single dose packet that kept the medication shelf stable and enabled it to be transported to moms at the place of their delivery. What we learned and what really motivated this technology is that it's critical for moms to be able to provide ARVs to their child within days of birth. And yet in many countries in the developing world, it can take many days and quite an expense to trek to the nearest pharmacy to get this medication, which meant that many moms weren't even getting the medication within the time that they needed it. So really focusing on what is, the, what is the user need, what is the contextual need, what is practical, and what is realistic for this environment made the solution of a single-dose pouch one that was really um, important to implement and quite scalable. And so I loved being a part of that project and seeing the recognition that it earned because it just showed 
you know, you don't have to be an expert with 20 years of industry experience to really take part in developing something that's meaningful and that can change the course of a patient's life. Yeah, that was a great brief description of what engineering is all about, combining those various factors. Absolutely. Well, we recognize that people do face obstacles when they're in a minority in their profession. So what kinds of obstacles have you faced as a woman in engineering and how did you overcome them? You know, so often I have been the only engineer in the room who was a woman. And even when I was studying mechanical engineering at Duke, it was kind of well known that women were the minority when you looked at all of the students. And um, one of the people that I really look up to is Sarah Blakely, the founder and CEO of Spanx. And she has a quote where she says, in a way, the best part and the worst part of being a woman is being underestimated. And I think that that really is an obstacle that I've faced as women as a woman in engineering. Um, the reason it's an obstacle is if you're underestimated, if you're seen as someone who's not a classic engineer, maybe you won't be the first person who's given an opportunity. Um, that's certainly true as well when you look at the venture capital world, the history of funding for female entrepreneurs. We don't fit that stereotype that people are trained to pattern match. And so that can be a real obstacle. But what I think it means is even if you do have to go above and beyond to prove yourself, the fact that you're underestimated means that you really can have a little bit more flexibility in terms of figuring out how are you going to prove yourself. And when you do, the impact is so meaningful. And so I really, I've been motivated from the founding days of Emmy by my experience of being the only woman in a room so often. And I've really set out to think about, okay, what does that mean for the industry? And how could I shift what that means in terms of access to technology for women, as well as how I build my team to make it much more diverse and representative of of the world at large? That's great. So Tell us more about your company, Emmy. What was the inspiration behind it and what are your hopes and goals for its future? Yeah, so Emmy is a healthcare technology company. We are focused on commercializing innovative solutions that solve unmet needs in women's health. And we're starting with innovation for birth control pills because the decision to go on the pill is often one of the first independent healthcare decisions that a woman or girl will make for herself. And because of that, the pill is the most common form of contraception, and yet it is just fraught with user error and stress. And this was something that I learned during my time at Stanford Biodesign. So after really enjoying the early part of my career as a mechanical engineer in the medical device industry, I decided to take a step back and go back to school, which was what brought me to Stanford Biodesign. And and that's an innovation program that brings physicians and engineers together to solve unmet needs in healthcare. I came to that program with this background in cardiology, working at Edwards Life Sciences, which is the global leader in structural heart. And then I worked at Earlens, which recently won one of Time's Best Inventions. And so just to give you that sense, I had been working on really innovative products And then when I went to Stanford and I started observing in labor and delivery, well, woman clinic, talking to women about their experience, I just realized how far behind technology was for women's health. And I spoke to so many women, um, hundreds of women over the course of my time at Stanford, 
who complained about the stress of missing birth control pills. And that got me thinking because that was certainly an experience that I had had myself. But I think it was one that you just take for granted. Oh, that's just a part of life. That's as good as it gets. But when I dug into the research, I learned that nearly 80% of people who are on birth control pills miss at least one pill per month. And really staggeringly, this leads to a 9% failure rate of the medication, which means that nearly 1 million women in the U.S. alone have an unplanned pregnancy each year on the pill. And when I realized not only what a big problem this was, but also that there had been really no innovation in the space, essentially since the 60s when the pill came to market, I just knew that it was going to be such an important problem that I could solve with technology. And I, I couldn't believe how long the status quo had been, what it was. And so that was really what inspired the founding of Emmy. I invented and realized, you know, the way to solve this problem was through the smart case, which is a product that seamlessly tracks your birth control pills. It syncs with our app to send automatic reminders when people miss their pill. So it actually is like a personal coach for you to help you take the pill on time more easily. And then the app also supports tracking of symptoms and side effects, and it provides information on what you need to do when you miss a pill. All of the things that you would hope should already exist um, for such a common medication, but it really hadn't. And so that was really what led to creating the company and ultimately launching this product. Well, that's fantastic that you saw that need and and created something to fill it. Um, since you have over a decade of experience building innovative products for women's health, what advice do you have for women inspired by or interested in this field? Well, you know, I think I have I have benefited so much, first of all, just from the the mentorship that I've received throughout my time in the medical device industry. And so that's my first piece of advice, not just for women's health, but really for all innovators is there are so many people out there who want to help you and teach. And um, I certainly have never been shy to reach out to, to network with people who I felt like I could learn something from and who I also felt like I could teach something to. So it's always, always better if it's a mutually beneficial relationship. Um, but then I do have more specific advice when we think about the women's health industry which is honestly, sometimes you have to not listen to everybody. There are so many people who think that women's health is a niche industry. And it's so crazy because we make up more than half of the world's population. And yet it's well documented and commonly said that, you know, women's health is somehow niche when you look at the, the broader sector of healthcare technology and if you follow the funding, it is true. There has been so much more funding that goes to other areas of health that don't necessarily include women. And so because that is the, the foundation, the stereotype of women's health, I found that when I initially had the idea for Emmy and when I was in the very early days of building it, I encountered a lot of doubters people who said to me, oh, this need is not big enough. Women don't really have this type of stress with the pill. If they did, they would just remember it. And mind you, a lot of these people are not people who are even women, let alone people who have taken the pill. But I, I encountered a lot of people who were bold, bold in terms of thinking that they knew better than me about this category and the sector for which they had no experience. 
And if I had listened to that and just believed, oh, this other person, even though they're not even sure how many birth control pills you have to take every month, you know, if I believed that they knew the space better than I do, it might have been more challenging to get started. And I think that is just especially true in the women's health and femtech space. I think that's getting better and better each year and hopefully continues to change. But I think it's just so essential for people who want to be working in the women's health space to follow their own North Star. And if you if you have a gut feeling and you've spoken to hundreds of people about what a big problem there is and, and you believe that it's been unaddressed, I think it just gives you that power not to worry so much when you encounter people who don't believe in the industry, don't believe that women deserve better. And that's certainly what has enabled us to be so successful as I focused on listening to women, listening to people on the pill. And that's why we now have, you know, thousands of people and hundreds of reviews, so many people saying what a difference this is making in their lives. Um, and that theme kind of does tie back to my first piece of advice of, of seeking help and support, you know, especially in an industry where it can be harder to get started. I think networking and just reaching out to meet people who are in the space and building those relationships as early as possible can really be a game changer. Absolutely. Those are great pieces of advice. Do you have anything specific advice-wise um, more towards the entrepreneurial-spirited people in our midst? Yes, absolutely. So, um, you know, I am a first-time entrepreneur. Emmy is the first company that I founded and in a way that can be intimidating, I think, you know, I started my career at a big company. I mentioned I worked at Edwards Life Sciences, and it requires a leap of faith in order to really set out on your own path and build a company. I think one of the most important aspects to becoming an entrepreneur is really having a very clear vision for what you want to achieve, what do you think the world should look like, and why are you the right person to, to play that role and making that a reality. And at, at the very beginning stages when you don't have funding, you might not even have a prototype, the storytelling is really so essential to building a team of people around you who see the world that the way that you see it and the way that you wish it could be. Um, and I think that kind of ties back, it's relevant to what we were talking about at the beginning of this conversation around how there really are so many creatives in STEM. You know, I think engineers make for incredible entrepreneurs because so many of us do have that creative background, the ability to tell a story and then solve the problem that that story is telling. And so I would love to see more engineers really consider entrepreneurship because I think, you know, at the end of the day, Entrepreneurs and CEOs are solving problems, um, big problems, small problems, and you can kind of distill that down to a science problem or an engineering problem and, and use that same problem-solving framework to be quite successful as an entrepreneur. Absolutely. Amanda, thank you again for taking the time to speak with us today. It's been inspiring to hear your your journey, what's inspired you, and I also just want to thank you for trying to make the world a better place for women overall. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much. I really um, enjoyed this conversation and appreciate everything that you're doing for women in engineering. Thank you very much. I'm Heather Doty. For all of us at SWE, thanks for listening. <laughs>